Welcome to the SMB Advertising Podcast, where our aim is to help 1 million small and medium-sized businesses to succeed with their advertising. My name is Mike Damjanovic. I'm an Adline specialist, and I'm the host of this really special podcast, which is aiming to deliver value to our listeners. My aim is really to inspire, to educate, and to help all of our listeners and viewers to succeed with their advertising. So today, we have a very special guest joining us, and I'm, I'm very excited about this episode. Uh, we have uh, Andrew Davis uh, from Paddle.com. He works there as the chief marketing officer. And for those of you that are not familiar with Paddle, they run the payment infrastructure for about 3,000 software companies worldwide. Uh, last year, it acquired uh, ProfitWell, which is a company. And together now, they are the industry-leading pricing team, retention product, and SaaS metrics platform used by around 30,000 businesses, again, worldwide. Previously, Andrew led global demand, digital and brand uh, at Optimizely uh, after it acquired the business that he actually co-founded called IDEO.IA. Andrew also advises SaaS scale-ups and sits on the board of 90, which is an agile digital transformation consultancy. Uh, which serves the insurance industry and gives 90% of distributable profits to alleviate global poverty. He lives with his wife and two children in the UK countryside, and I'm very, very happy to have him joining us here today. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me on. This is great. Perfect. Yeah, it's um, it's really really great to follow along with the work that you guys are doing in Paddle, uh, not uh, just the, the the service that you deliver, but also the marketing, the, the posts that you have on LinkedIn, etc. And I think uh, I think actually that's a really great place to start. We're going to be talking about um, the use of AI in marketing and and, and advertising. Mm-hmm. But um, it, for for those of you listening, I'm also going to link to it. There's a post that uh, that Andrew pushed out, I think, about a week or so ago. And the amazing thing with that post is very often we see now, it's very typical to people People want to write about AI and they say, hey, this is something cool that you can do with AI. And uh, that, that's really great. That's, uh, it's nice to have those posts as well. But the difference I see with the posts that, that Paddle have been pushing out is this is actually how we're using AI to deliver X and Y and Z outcomes. So that's, that's really, really great. So maybe we can uh, you know, jump right into it. You you ready, Andrew? Um, born ready. Let's go. Born ready. So, so now in the, the with Paddle using AI, do you have some sort of practical applications that you're using right now that have actually really significantly helped with the marketing side? Yeah, absolutely. We can run through some of the examples in the post, and there's some new ones since I put that up a week ago because we're trying new stuff all the time. Um, I think. The first thing to note, and you know, you'll probably reflect on this similarly as will many of the listeners, but I think that the you know the release of of ChatGPT and that that easy conversational interface on top of some very powerful generative AI has really given everyone a, a peek round the corner into what's what's in the future, um, and it's it's so interesting, exciting, and slightly scary um, how it is changing so many roles. I don't know if you you saw they, uh, the the research team at OpenAI released um, the jobs that they thought were most impacted and least impacted, and I sent it straight to my dad, who's an accountant, oh, just about to retire as an accountant, because um, I've I've teased him for a while that his job is extremely automatable, um, whereas when mm. I was growing up, you know, an accountant was a very good 
good, solid profession that would be there for decades and decades. And I'm sure it will. I've got lots of good accountancy friends. Um, but that industry is changing just like ours is. So mm. yeah, that, that post was sparked from a couple of things re uh, that recently kind of came to my mind. Firstly, um, I was speaking to another CMO who I really respect. And she was saying that she doesn't want any of her team to be producing work with generative AI because she doesn't trust it. Mm. And I was th sitting there thinking, I'm telling all my team to go and experiment with it. I'm taking the opposite perspective. Not because it's perfect. Um, there's loads of weaknesses that we can talk about as well. But because it is that peak around the corner and you know, there's so much efficiency to be gained. And then secondly, as you said, um, I, I found there was lots of people talking about these theoretical use cases. Um, but as I went across our work at Paddle, there were really practical ways that people were using different types of generative AI to get their job done faster, quicker, easier, safer, et cetera. Um, and so a couple of those that we, we went through in that post, and we can dig into whichever one of these do you, you think is interesting. Um, you know, I, I record um, quick promo videos for a bunch of webinars we do. Um, sometimes I get words wrong. And uh, and Dan, who runs our creative team, didn't even bother coming back for a re-record. He just changed it um, using 11 labs. So my voice said the correct date. Um, you know, it's on a small uh, ad and a small social update. So the fact that my lips were slightly different really made no difference at all. Um, mm. We use ChatGPT to bounce and, and, and come up with ideas for our copy, as well as some other tools built on top of generative AI. Um, we, you know, we've, we've, looked at, at several of our team, and this is a use case that I think is particularly interesting for your mission of democratizing quality professional advertising to business owners. Um, we, we, we see several of our team who are non-technical, including myself, using ChatGPT as that kind of um, no-code coding partner to help us understand how to build a better Python script or how to extract <laughs> imagery from a database. Um, and, and so it gives that accessibility to to, you know, jobs that really we would have had to pass on to more technical people on our mm. team. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other examples in there um, where our team are just using ChatGPT or other forms of generative AI to get their job done faster and better. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that kind of falls quite nicely into the, the next question that I have for you. You know, of course, uh, ChatGPT, let's take that one then. Um, it is not perfect. And they've gone out and they've said it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's, it's, it's getting pretty close. Um, but um, the way that I see it and the way that we use it in, in Adeline and our team, that is that we can, you know, almost 10, 10x our productivity. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like you say, there's stuff that we can do ourselves now, which normally we would have to outsource or, you know, uh, bang our head on the table to get done. Um, but, you know, what, if we look at the strengths then and the weaknesses, could you say, you know, what, what, what would you say the main strengths are from, from, from AI then? So if we're thinking about generative AI, I think the ideation process, the fact that you can instantly get a bunch of thoughts that you can react to, whether you're you know, thinking about a video, you want to create a campaign idea, you're writing some copy for an email, the fact that it gets you the first, whether it's 40%, 60%, or 80% of the way there instantly and allows you to react to something, I think is really valuable. You know, in my career as a marketing leader over the last you know decade, often I've been in a situation where I need someone on my team 
um, because my job is, you know, dealing with a whole bunch of, um, you know, co collecting strategy and collecting activity across our team to make sure it's clearly defined and we've got measurement around it. Often, my job is to dip into creative work that other people are doing rather than initiate it myself. And so often I've needed someone to get 50% or 80% of the way there with a blog post or a report before I've got something to react to and feedback on. Um, and ChatGPT just allows you to get through that process so much quicker um, to add your mm. feedback and have something to react to, to almost to play tennis with. I think of it as a sport, you know, you, if, if someone's playing tennis back at you and serving back at you and returning hard, it improves your game and it allows you to have something to respond to. So the first thing mm. there is that ideation and the ability to have that one, that two way conversation that improves your thought process. Um, I think it's super valuable for customization and personalization. You know, we've got teams, and I'm talking across the industry, not just Paddle here, teams of BDRs and SDRs and other customer success agents, salespeople who are taking pretty stock proposition copy in email or scripts for calls, et cetera, and then tweaking it slightly in order to better resonate with a specific person, target industry, vertical, geo, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that kind of customization is really easy and quick. Um, summarization as well. I think um, summarization is is one of the areas that, um, that, you know, the generative AI started on um, and it's very strong at taking long articles and making them shorter. Data analysis, mm -hmm. being able to give it, um, you know, all of the rows in a, in a, in a database and ask it, ask it to summarize what that text was. So for example, we use it um, at the moment, we're playing around with using it for our self-reported attribution field. So on our forms, we mm -hmm. ask, how do you hear about Paddle? And then we have all of that in a hub in HubSpot, and we pull it all and ask ChatGPT to summarize the main trends for us. Um, and then, you know, help, as I said, helping non-technical marketers do technical tasks. Those those would all be kind of real strengths that I see of of the existing use cases of, of generative AI. Mm, yeah, and I think I think uh, actually we we've had several cases now in in Adline of of customers. So th these are, you know, small, small businesses in maybe one man band mm -hmm. that, that sign up to Adline and then they are using, um, uh, ChatGPT to, to create a script or to create their, you know, their, their text to find their keywords mm -hmm. as, as a basis. And then they go away and then they further improve that. Like you say to, you know, uh, it's not, not perfect, but they can further improve it and then they can put it into the platform, for example, like Adline. Um, and then they can actually even generate images, um, and even videos. And basically the whole, the whole sort of process then is, is automated. Whereas before they would have to outsource that to maybe a marketing agency or to a, a freelancer and things like that. So, but as we know, then there are some weaknesses and I think, I think we should probably, um, touch on those. What, what would you say are some sort of, you know, the three sort of main weaknesses with with generative uh, ai yeah I, th I think the first challenge that we all have to recognize is that we are still responsible for the taste and the quality level of the content we push out um and it's mm. too easy to just allow um, an automated approach to completely replace our own sense of quality bar, our own sense of, is this good enough? Does this resonate? Um, so the first thing is that, you know, I do see it as something that in most instances gets it 80%, 90% there rather than something that gets you 100% there. Um, mm. Secondly, you know, I've seen very few instances so far where generative AI goes from initial ideation all the way through to completion 
of a task. At the moment, this is usually a marketer using multiple systems in order to run multiple prompts, sometimes for multiple modes, in order to get the mm. output they desire. Um, although I think we will start seeing tools that start, you know, putting together, stitching together multiple different forms here. And then f finally, the very nature of this type of technology is that it's looking at an extremely wide corpus of existing content and using that to predict based on the context and the prompt, using it to predict the next best word, sentence, paragraph. And so by its very nature, it's finding that kind of local maximum, but it's never finding a new mountaintop. It's never finding a new bar mm. that is raised. Um, and so I think our job as marketers is to spend more of our time finding things, whether it's based on new customer insight, whether it's um, a new way, a, a new metaphor for explaining what you do, a new simple way of describing what you do, a new creative for explaining and communicating um, what you need to communicate. I think our job as marketers is to find the, those, those new mountain peaks because generative AI is always going to be optimizing within the existing corpus of content it's analyzing. Mm, yeah, no, I uh, completely agree. And, um, you know, we, we talked a bit about marketers now or marketing teams, uh, and obviously that's the, the, the theme of the, uh, <laughs> of the episode. Yeah. Um, but how do you see, the, you know, generative AI impacting or, you know, what does it mean for marketing teams of the future? So I don't think we're at the point where a marketer is being replaced by, by AI. Um, but I certainly think we're at the point where a marketer using AI replaces a marketer. Um, and so the first thing is that I'm encouraging my teams to investigate this. You know, there's a couple of jobs we, job vacancies we have out. Um, this is not something that's a hard and fast part of our question set, but I would be pretty discouraged if any of those candidates are not experimenting and mm. playing around with the set of tools that are in front of them. That would be a pretty clear mark um, that they're not interested in progressing themselves and their output. So for me, mm. this becomes a required skill. Um, you know, prompt design, tool experimentation, you, you know, finding which tool works best for what. And if I think back to when I started my career, um, you know, it was, it, it was something that I, I joked about with people, but it was, there was truth in it that learning how to Google was one of the most important skills as an entry level person coming into a software business, particularly in marketing, just knowing how to get the best out of Google. And it's exactly <clears> the same <throat> now, knowing how to get the best out of generative AI, I believe will be a required skill. Um, secondly, efficiency, you know, clearly this allows us to do a lot more with less, which is, um, super interesting macroeconomically, the timing of this, because we're in a market that's constantly talking about efficiency and doing more with less. And so I think that that is producing a massive tailwind behind people investigating new ways to mm. use generative AI. Because if we were in a circumstance where everyone had unlimited funding and valuations were skyrocketing like it was you know, a year and a half, two years ago, I just think there was less pain that this went in and solved. And so I think the timing is really interesting. So efficiency uh, and probably doing more with smaller teams becomes a key element here and mm. you know that there are i think certain you know jobs which are going to become largely redundant as a result of this approach and these approaches so there are lots of people who are uh, you know employed doing very basic SEO type content. Do I think that job goes away? No. Do I think the strategy is important? Absolutely. Will people be running that strategy? Absolutely. But the elements of that work that will disappear. The same with creative. When you look at, you know, what, um, 
some of the tools are now building out, you know, from a prompt around, give yeah. me a, give me a user interface for a dog walking app, I think was the example, right? That we've probably both seen. Yeah. Um, and it instantly is creating something that's passable for that first step. Um, but then mm. I think thirdly, what this, what, what this really means to me is that in a marketing function, particularly on the content and the creator side of things, that personality and connection um, so the network of that that person and their audience and how they personally connect to that audience becomes more paramount than the content they actually create. And so you'll also see alongside this, there's a whole move of marketers becoming creators, uploading their own yeah. content, building their own networks, becoming part of the distribution mechanism of their businesses. Um, and yeah, I, I think those are a couple of things that, that are changing how we think about marketing functions. Yeah, no, amazing. So what I wonder if we could just um, look at now is obviously um, I've got this, uh, this, this LinkedIn post that, that you put out a week or so ago. And here you list actually quite a few um, uh, tools um, uh, that you guys are using, uh, have been using and been experimenting with. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering if we could, I mean, we've talked about chat GPT4. Yeah. Uh, or three or four, depending on <laughs> where you're at. Um, but I mean, uh, there's one here that you, you mentioned about, you know, recording a, a promo video and yep. you, you got the dates wrong. Uh, I've done that myself. Um, this one, I presume, was 11 Labs. Is that the, yep. is that the product? That... Yeah, which is, you know, text to speech. So you type in the text, choose a voice or train it on your voice, and then it repeats back the text you're typing in. Hmm. And um, can you use that for, for example, for the whole video, or is it just uh, used for just uh, to, for corrections? No, absolutely can use it for the whole video. And, and then, you know, there's other tools like DID that we're playing around with that then can do the actual video creation as well. Um, so, you know, whether you just upload an avatar uh, or choose one or choose one of their AI actors or do studio level photography of yourself, then, you know, it's incredible the progress of it now outputting short videos of you talking when all it's had is the source footage and the text that you've written into the box. It's, you know, pretty interesting. It's amazing, yeah. So, um, and then you've got chatspot.ai. Mm -hmm. So you, that's um, a... Able, yeah. No, sorry, go for it. No, exactly what I was going to ask you. Like, did you run us through, you know, what that is? And, um, you know, is it something that... that ad line or for our listeners could be using yeah so i mean this this is a um a, a conversational interface into hubspot hubspot um so it was built by a, a team run by one of the founders of hubspot brian and so you know an example use case here for us um, is that we connected it with our HubSpot instance and then said, please can you find for us all the contacts living in the US and send them as a CV to me. That's uh, sorry, a CSV to me. Um, and so what you've got there is a conversational interface on top of your existing marketing data set. Um, so it's kind of being that query language that sits there in a conversational way. Um, so if you're not mm -hmm. using HubSpot, then it's probably not as useful. Um, but yeah, I think it's super interesting how many tools will adopt this type of approach to allow, again, non-technical or less technical users um, to use their data reporting uh, and execution mm -hmm. capabilities. Yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, like a lot of the uh listeners to, to this podcast are using CRM systems, whether it's HubSpot or not. And, and the thing is that your CRM system is only as good as the as the effort that you put into it, mm -hmm. um, and being able to, to to get out these different bits of data. That's probably one of the most time consuming things. The, that uh, you know, getting getting the data uh, to to speak to you 
and to really sort of understand it that's one of you know very time consuming things so that's i think what we can do is actually is uh, link to some of these these uh, tools as well in in the in the text for this podcast yeah. um so so that people can find them themselves so um no that's amazing thank you uh, so much andrew for for coming today i i have one final question uh and it's i don't I don't know if you should call it a selfish question but you know with all these advances with ai you know what how do you see it helping for example the mission of this podcast which is you know to help 1 million small and medium sized businesses to advertise like a professional so we've we've talked about how non technical people can now have access to more technical tools we've talked about that user interface um, I love your mission of helping the million small and medium-sized businesses advertise like um, they're much larger. Um, and it's a democratization of access, a democratization of speciality, a democratization of knowledge. Uh, and I think that's super interesting. So for me, um, I think about the tools that have become shoulders of giants that we stand upon, um, whether that's mm. web browsers or, or whether that's you know, AWS, making sure that you didn't have to go to Best Buy and buy servers and cables, but you could just load up a credit card and have your, have your server instance ready, whether it's the email platforms or marketing automation tools. And this becomes mm. another pretty big um, step up in the shoulders of giants that we can all stand upon. So for me, the first thing is that democratization of access of some pretty advanced um, technical capabilities. The second thing that um, I do think is really important here, and we referred to it quickly before, is that many of your audience, as you say, sole traders, single business owners, people who are operating often in non-technical environments, although some of them will be, will be running software companies, um, what this does is enable every one of them to have someone to bounce ideas off and come to them with an 80% done version that they can then level up. Because, you know, I've been in that situation before and often it's really hard to be the sole source of ideas and the sole source of content and the sole source of marketing copy. Whereas right now, you're able to automate that process of getting to a draft that you can respond and react to, which really is a small business owner who knows your customers, knows your product, knows the relationship you want to build. That's the value you can add on top of it. Um, so I think those are, are two really key things that, that this audience and your audience can, can gain from what's being built. Amazing. Well, Andrew, thank you ever so much for your inputs. I mean, this has uh, really been a fantastic episode to, to sit and listen to and just to hear this, uh, this output, uh, which is not generated by AI. It is uh, really life. And uh, to see that there, are, there is so much that we can get out by, by utilizing the tools that are out there, both as small and medium-sized businesses. Mm -hmm. um, these aren't just tools for, for, for you know, for the paddles of the world with with thirty thousand uh, customers worldwide, it's it's also for us that are, are, are smaller, medium sized companies, mm -hmm. and this is really a way that we can we can start to 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 adapt it into our uh, daily routines almost, so that we can further improve our, for example, our adverts. Maybe our website can be improved. There's so much we can do. So uh, I am going to be linking to uh, to Andrew's uh, LinkedIn page. And I will also put in this this post that he's put there because it's really worth reading. Um, and then just one last thing. I don't normally do this, but um, uh, we do need to do a quick shout out to, to Paddle. I've got my Paddle <laughs> cap here. Um, it's well worth uh, looking into it if you are a SaaS company and you're listening. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a real game changer. And, and of course, Profit World that, that you acquired last year. So, um, th Andrew, thank you once again. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you today. 
Mike, uh, real, real pleasure on my end too. Thanks for the questions. I'm loving that you've still got the hat. And uh, yeah, please, <laughs> please, anyone's anyone's welcome to reach out whether they want interest in our services or just in our apparel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect. Yes, and uh, for you guys that are listening and watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye bye.